Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. today. Uh, Are you in Galatians chapter 6? Galatians chapter 6. We've been in a series for the past two weeks that is having to do with something that we don't always love to talk about in church. As a matter of fact, if if I um, polled pastors and asked them what their favorite thing or least favorite thing, should I say, their least favorite thing to talk about whenever it comes to preaching and teaching the word of God, it would be this of money. Um, It's not always the most easy thing. I'm going to be honest with you. This is probably some of the hardest messages I've ever had to preach in the history of me preaching. And it probably won't be uh, the last time I end up preaching on this. But because it's it's difficult, because whenever we begin to talk about money in the church, we tend to kind of clam up and get a little bit concerned. Or or we start thinking, well, the pastor's just after our money. The church is just after our money. They're just wanting more money. Listen to me. I am not worried about money. I believe that if God orders something, he pays for it. And if God has to find ways of provision for the church that are outside of the bounds of our thinking, he will do it if he wants the church to be here. Amen. And, and if you, and so, so what, what I'm getting at here is that I'm not preaching this for the church's benefit. I'm preaching this message for your benefit. Okay. If I would, as a pastor, as a leader of this house, at the end of the day, let me say this. At the end of the day, I have to give account for what I minister and what, how I and Pastor Chelsea and I, how we lead this church. And that means that has to do with that, what we teach you and the things that we minister. We have, the Bible says we have to give account of that. And so it's a big responsibility to us and we don't take it lightly. But it would be a disservice. I would be doing you a disservice as a pastor of this church to never speak about money. I really would because the Bible talks about money a lot and Jesus talks about money a lot. We talked about this the past few weeks. Over 30% of Jesus' parables have to do with valuables or we could translate that for us today is money, finances, increase. So this is important that we talk about it, okay? So last week we, we finished up this, the first part of this message, uh, first part of this series with money is not my master, but it does matter. This week I want to give you the title. We have Don't Talk About Money, a series where we talk about money, but the sub-message to this or the sub title to this is this silly rabbit seeds are for sowers okay we're talking about how seeds are for sowers. like silly rabbit tricks are for kids right silly rabbit seeds are for sowers we're going to talk a little bit about um seed time and harvest and we're going to talk about the tithe and the offering and what that is and what that means uh there's some people that have never been taught to tithe or never been taught what the tithe is and whether it's still for today and so on and so forth. Well, I'm going to address a lot of those questions inside of this message. So I'm going to be teaching a lot today. I'm not going to be fiery preaching as much. There will be more of a teaching this. So just lean in and listen and receive what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you today. Galatians chapter six, verse seven simply says this, or is it verse nine that I have back there? You can go to the, pull up the scripture for me. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reap that which he sows, okay? So this scripture is pretty 
plain, pretty, pr- pretty, pretty plain for us. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. So whatever you sow, what do you get? You reap. You get that back. So if you sow something, the scripture is saying, if you sow something, then you're also going to reap that. We love this idea in the area of reaping. We don't love this idea in the area of sowing. God, can I just have the reaping without the sowing? God, can I just have the harvest without the seed and without the time that it takes to, for that to actually come to fruition? And this is what it means. Listen, I, I, to sow something means to take something and place it somewhere, right? So if I had seeds right now, if I would have brought seeds with me, a seed packet, and I take it outside and I put it into the ground, what the Bible is telling me is this, whenever I sow that seed, I'm going to reap the harvest of that seed. So if I plant an apple seed, what do I get in return? An apple tree, right? If I plant an orange seed, I'm going to get orange tree. If I plant mean words, what am I going to get? There could be harsh things that come back to me, okay? That, that, that's why we have to be careful. Let me just go and say this. I don't want to just talk about money in this area, and we're talking about see, uh, 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 sowing and reaping. Be careful what you sow, period. Okay? Be careful of the words that you speak, the seed that you sow. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's not always easy. When you're at Walmart and the person almost runs into you with a cart, it's not always easy. You're like, okay, no problem. Sometimes you get a little bit upset because the person was texting and driving, okay? Like, so you, you, it, it, oftentimes we get flustered and frustrated in life when driving or going through life or in our work situations that we start sowing seeds that we never actually want to reap. So the next time you're about to say something, remember what you're about to say is a seed, The next time you're about to do something, remember what you're doing is a seed. Do you want to reap that harvest in your life? Do you want to reap that harvest? Do you want your children to reap that harvest in their lives? So we got to be careful that we are walking in the character of Christ and we're sowing good seeds. Listen, if you're walking in the character of Christ, you will only sow good seeds because Jesus is only good and you will only then reap better. Because listen to this, when you sow good you reap better, okay? When you sow good seed, when you sow good things, what are you gonna, what gets the return? It is a better return. Just like, once again, if I sow an apple seed, I get an apple tree. So now what was once a seed is a tree with apples all over it. It is better than what I sowed. So whenever you sow good things, when you sow goodness, when you sow kindness, when you sow generously, God promises that you will reap a generous return. And that includes investing time, effort, and resources into God's work and kingdom. Now, remember this though, you can only sow from what you already have. Or you can only sow from what you have already. That means if you want to sow goodness, you got to know what goodness is. If you want to sow money and finances, guess what? You have to have money and finances. Money is not bad. Somebody needs to hear that today. Money is not bad, okay? 
It is a good thing. It's a resource that God has given to us to use. And whenever it's used properly, money is a good thing. The mo- only way the money becomes a bad thing is if we let it become our master once again, okay? That's whenever good things become bad things. That's whenever blessings become curses. So talk a little bit about sowing. Now the principle of reaping. We receive in proportion to what we give, which means this. If we believe in the principle of sowing and reaping, we must also believe this. The level of what you receive is connected to how well and faithful we give. We cannot believe in sowing and reaping, but then say that this is not true. The level of which you receive is connected to how well and faithful we give, how well we steward our giving, how well we steward our finances. Think about this. If we sow our life, so if I, if I give my life to Jesus, I submit everything to him, that's me sowing the seed of my life, what do I get in return? eternal life. That's what this, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but what have everlasting life. So whenever I give my life, that's the seed, I I get the return of eternal life. Whenever I sow my time, I've seen time and time again where God has repaid me in time. Anybody know I'm talking about where you've sown something in your life, a good thing, a godly thing, and then in your life you received that in return and even better. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So, So when we sow, he provides. Now, the flip side is this. Reaping doesn't always happen immediately, right? Does not happen immediately. Now, this is what we want, and it's been preached time and time again. I'm gonna preach it again for you. What we want is sedum harvest, Seed time harvest. We don't want to understand the middle word because we want to go through so fast. Seed time harvest. Seed time harvest. We want to go super fast. That is most of the time not how it works, right? Uh, I've given this testimony before, but whenever Pastor Chelsea and I really got serious about giving in the tithes and offerings even more than what we've ever given before, uh, this is what happened. This is our story. We were still young married, and we said, this year we're giving more than what we've ever given before. And let me just go and tell you, we looked back at our pay stubs just recently because we came across it in our documents, in our records the other day. And y'all would laugh at how much we were making at the time and go, how in the world did you live? Because we wondered the same thing. And so we decided that year, you know what? It's, it's not about how much we're making it. We want to give more than ever before. And... When we decided to do that, we're sowing seed every week. It wasn't a question. Like, are we going to give this week? Do you want to give this week? No, it wasn't a question. We're giving. We're sowing seed. So what you often see is this side of it. We're now living in a harvest, and there's still more harvest to come for us. I believe that. I believe in faith that, okay? I'm going to explain to you why that's not a bad thing to believe at the very end of the message, and you're going to love it. <laughs> but you see the harvest. You see Pastor Micah and Chelsea with a nice home, because we, we have a nice home. And I'm not, I don't say that bragging. is because actually we've been very faithful and honestly frugal whenever we needed to be frugal. We've invested smart in real estate and other things that has got us to the point we are today. We've been faithful in the area of tithes and offerings, faithful in the area of givings, okay? So that got us to where we are today. What you didn't say, see is the time that we were living in this house 
and, eat, and, and deciding we're going to give more than ever before. We're working for the church and, uh, in Panama City at the time, and we're, we're really doing our labor of love unto the Lord because I, Pastor Chelsea or myself could have went and got jobs at normal places in town that would have paid far more than what we were making. But that goes back to your, your decisions. Let's go back to week one. Your decisions should never be motivated by money. You're motivated by the, influ- the influence of the Holy Spirit. You need to walk and do what God's called you to do. So at that time, we're working as to the Lord, getting our paycheck, giving more than ever before. And you know what happens? Our air conditioner in our house goes kaputs, out, dead, okay? And it was the summer. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Whenever your AC goes out in the summer and you go, oh no, how much is this going to be? And we ended up having to replace our inside and outside unit completely. Totally brand new HVAC system we had to pay, we had to pay for out of our pocket and, and do. And luckily, uh, we had saved properly to pay for most all of that. And then, just long, not long after that, now remember, we're giving, we should be seeing harvest right now because we're giving more than we've ever given before. Well, a little bit of time after that, our garbage disposal decides to break in our house. And then after that, something else broke. And it was like left and right. What was it? Uh, there was something else. Left and right, left and right. Things just, the garage door broke. It was left and right. Things kept breaking in our home. And we're like, God, what in the world? You said that which a man sows, that will he also reap. And God, I've been sowing more than ever before. Where's my reaping? Where's my harvest? Where's the fruit of what I've been putting, putting into the pot? God, where, where are you? You know, you feel like that at times. But listen to me, that's not how it works. You wouldn't go put a seed outside in the ground right now and expect it to reap a harvest on it tomorrow, would you? Why do we do that in the area of God? Well, it's because we believe that God can do anything, and he absolutely can. I believe that. I've seen God do that. I've seen paychecks come in. I've seen random checks come in the mail. Matter of fact, <laughs> Pastor Chelsea gave me this incredible story the other day. We were uh, Michael Wood, if any of you know who he is, from the ramp in Hamilton, Alabama, he came to minister in Panama City. I'm going to show you. Here's a harvest story for you. He came to minister in High Praise Panama City, and we were giving at the time, obviously. And we, I think it was around the same season, around the same time. And Michael Wood came up to us. What was it we were, you were wanting? A chair. Pastor, Pastor Chelsea really wanted a chair. <laughs> uh, not, not a folding chair. <laughs> like an accent chair for your home. There was this chair she really wanted. And I remember Michael Wood from, from Big Lots. We were spending big, you know what I'm talking about. We weren't, you know, who needs Ashley when you got Big Lots? So we, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with Big Lots. We bought our dining room table from Big Lots, okay? And it's still going today. I, as a matter of fact, we gave it to a friend, and, and they still have it in their dining room today. Uh, but anyways, she really wanted the chair. So Michael Wood came up to us, and he said, I don't know why, but I'm just, I'm, I'm going to give you this. He gave us a check. You want to know how much that check was for? The exact amount that the chair costed that Pastor Chelsea really, really wanted. 
There is seed and there is harvest. And you cannot get away from the principle of seed, time, and harvest. It is an actual principle. And sometimes it takes time before you get into the reaping process. Okay, we are, Pastor Chelsea and I in April, we'll celebrate 12 years of marriage. And so that means 12 years of living together, 12 years of having our finances together, 12 years of, in, in the beginning years, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and ramen noodles for every single meal and getting SpaghettiOs. Yeah, that's not, we were eating fine dining, okay? Like, and so now people see, well, you take your kids, you go to Disney World and you have fun with your kids. Yes, because I had a time in my life where I was sowing, 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 sowing out of not much that I had, but God saw it and faithfully blessed because God is faithful and he will provide. And let me just say this too. He cares about the desires of your heart, amen? And he'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll find ways to bless you that shows that forth and brings forth the things that you've been praying for. Now, I wanna give you some scripture real quickly. We're talking about seed time and harvest. Now let's talk about the tithe in the offering for a moment, okay? Don't clam up on me too much. We're talking about the tithes and offering just for a moment. I want to define the tithe, okay? And Deuteronomy 14.22, Deuteronomy 14.22, it's going to be on the screen, says this, be sure to set aside a what? Tenth of all your fields produce each year. Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. The tenth, the other word that's used there is tithe because tithe actually means a tenth, okay? Now Proverbs 3, 9 says this, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. There's another translation that says this, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. We can actually read that as income, as the first fruits of all your income, okay? So, the scripture is telling us here that it is important to bring a tithe and to honor the Lord in the area of your finances or in the area of your money. How do we honor the Lord in the area of our finances? Through the tithe. Through the, that is how we show honor to the Lord. Because once again, I'm going to remind you of this. I had somebody argue with me one time that, well, the Bible doesn't actually say anything exclusively about tithing money, which, okay, cool. You obviously don't understand that was an agricultural society and that they did not, it, that, that was their finances, that was their money, that was what they brought. So whenever he's saying this is the first fruits of all your crops, once again, he's saying the first fruits of all your income. Now, this is the big scripture that we really talk about a lot when it comes to tithes and offerings. In Malachi chapter three, we're gonna read this. Malachi chapter three, verses eight through 12. Will a man rob God? Yet have you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Next. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read from my translation here. I believe it's uh, in the NIV here. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord, okay? Stop right there. So this scripture, once again, is, is encouraging us to bring the tithe, to bring the offerings unto the Lord. And at this time, it says you're cursed. Now, I want to just clear something up for you right here. God does not curse people. 
What the scripture is actually saying is you're opening the door for the curse in your money. And the Bible says this, do not give the devil a foothold into your life. So really, if we read this with that revelation and that understanding, what the scripture is really telling us is if we don't honor God properly in the area of the tithes and offerings, we leave the door open for a curse to be in our lives, okay? And it's because it says we're robbing from God. And it says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That means not part of it, that there may be food in my house. And I I alluded to this this morning. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Test me in this and see if if I won't open the windows of heaven, pour all blessings upon you and room enough to store it. Listen to me. There is power in your tithes. One of the, one of the translations, whenever you read this, it says, I'll prevent pests. It act, the word prevent doesn't just mean like keep them from. It literally means to push back. So whenever, whenever we can read that, we can read it with the idea that whenever we are faithful in the area of the tithes and the offerings, not only does God say he'll pour out blessings upon us, we don't have to contain it or receive it, but he also will show up to push back any attack of the enemy in the area of our finances. Listen to me. God wants you to live in the blessing of the Lord. Amen. And the fact is the enemy wants you to live on broke, busted and disgusted street. Because if you live on that street, if you live on that road, you will constantly think that God can't provide. You'll constantly think that I'll never have enough. You'll constantly live in that cycle and that rotation. That is not the desire of the Lord for you. Amen. God wants you to prosper even as your soul prospers. Even as God wants to show forth himself in a way that shows blessing into your whole life. Amen. So we want to make sure that, that we're giving in the tithes and the offerings. I'm going to show you some more of that here in just a moment. But, but here we go. Here's the, been the big debate. All right. Is tithe only Old Testament? Okay. Is tithe only part of the law? I want to I want to to answer this a little bit because a lot of people have made that argument that tithe is nothing but the law and now we're not in the law we're just under grace so we don't need to talk about the tithe anymore we don't need to practice any tithe anymore what's interesting about that is we fail to th- realize that the first tithe that was given was before the law that they're speaking of was even created yet the first tithe ever given, if you go back and study it, is actually Abram whenever he tithe, it says he gives a tithe to Melchizedek off of the spoils that he had gotten. And so he, and it says he did this. He did it because out of respect and out of honor. He honored Melchizedek with the tithe from his spoils. He realized that this is an honoring thing to do. But for some reason in our culture, we don't want to honor God in the area of our finances. And this is, I'm, I, I firmly believe this. It's be, and there's a lot to this, and I can unpack a lot here. One is that people have abused the truth of the word of God. Okay? I'm being very careful. But if you ever hear me get up in this pulpit and say, You just sow a seed gift of $1,000 and the Lord's going to heal your marriage tomorrow. Please tell me to sit down. That's ridiculous. People have abused the truth of God's word to take advantage of people's money. Okay? That is not the gospel when it comes to finances. Gospel means this. Good news. It is not good news if I'm scamming you. <laughs> All right, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. That's that. 
the scripture actually advises, I'm, I'm way ahead of myself, but it's okay. The scripture advises against that. Let no man give begrudgingly or what? Out of necessity. That's not good. <laughs> if we want to honor, uh, so, so where is it getting at? Here. There of our money, honoring God. That is one of the reasons why we have a difficult time honoring God with our finances is because we're concerned of what people are going to do with our money. And I want to hear you. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. That's why it's important to find good soil to give into. Test the soil you're giving into. Being a good steward means being mindful and a good steward of where you're sowing into as well. Okay? And I'll be, we have a very open policy with our finances here as a church. We are very open. We don't hide anything. We have board of directors that keep everything accountable and in check. Matter of fact, we now, Pastor Chelsea and I, we don't even touch the money that comes in and tithes and offerings other than to take it to the bank. And it's already sealed up and everything that we have people in the church, uh, people, like, uh, people that we consider uh, leadership in this church, they go and they count the offerings. They touch the money. They do all that. We don't even touch it. I promise you, we are faithful stewards in this house over what comes in and we bless our community we return it back to our community we return it back into our people we are faithful with what God's placed into our hands because we know that it's important now let's get back to this for a second we're talking about is it still for today is it not for today Romans 15 4 can I give you this scripture maybe this will help you a little bit okay and then I'm gonna help you again after that if this doesn't help you enough Romans 15 4 in the Amplified says this for whatever was written in earlier times which by the way romans is new testament so they're speaking about the only scripture the only writings that they had at this time okay whatever was written in earlier times was written for what our instruction so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might find hope and overflow with confidence in his promises now we see it in a different translation on the screen but i like the way the amplified says this where it says through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might find hope and overflow with confidence in his promises that means this when we read uh some of the old testament i want you to understand that god didn't throw away the old testament because jesus came and established new covenant he didn't say oh nope oh you don't even need any of that anymore there's scripture that shows us and we find more scripture that's just like this that reminds us that hey the old testament there's still things you need instruction from there's still things you need to understand now here's the contrast have we misread and misunderstood the old testament one thousand and seventy three percent yes okay have we misread and misunderstood the New Testament? Don't even let me get started on the book of Revelation. Yes. The Old Testament, we've read everything is absolute literal. Listen, not every... Oh, I'm going to get there. It's very probable that not everything that is written in the Old Testament happened exactly like it said in the Old Testament. It's very probable that there's some things that are allegorical in nature. There are some, and we see that there's different writing styles. If you go read the scripture, you'll see it for your own eyes, that there's different writing styles. There's psalms, there's laments, there's all these things. Listen to me. So, so I want you to understand that we actually have misread and misunderstood some, old, some, some things in the Old Testament. And we're still doing the same thing with the New Testament. <laughs> we're still misreading and misunderstanding some things today. And that's why it's important to find a church that teaches on these things, that talks about these things, and to be planted somewhere. And also study for yourself things. You need to read the Word of God and get it for yourself and understand what the Word of God actually means. Now, with that said, with the misunderstanding of the Old Testament and misunderstanding of the New Testament, 
Understand this, that all of it is there for our instruction so that we continue to grow and hold on in confidence to his promises that are yes and amen. So the Old Testament says this, whenever I tithe, he opens the window of heaven and pour out blessings upon my life that I don't have room enough to contain it or receive it. So that means I can act on this principle of the tithe and the offerings and expect the promise of God because what was written, I can have that confident hope in his promises. Now I'm going to go a step further here, okay? You're still wondering. Well, let me show you this in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Jesus is talking here and he says this, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay what? For you pay what? Tithe of mint. Now, hold on. Y'all are thinking right now, well, Jesus said, woe to you because he paid tithe. No, let's move on. You pay tithe of mint and these other things and have neglected the weightier matters of the law which are justice and mercy and faith, those you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Jesus is reiterating the importance of, yes, you should still tithe, but don't neglect these things. In other words, it's not one way or the other. You should be practicing all these things. Don't be a hypocrite in tithing, but not be a person that has mercy, justice, and faith. But also don't be a person that has mercy, justice, and faith, but isn't faithful in the area of their finances. Jesus actually reiterates that, yes, the tithe is still for today. Why would Jesus, why would Jesus say that, 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 that uh, talk about the tithe in a good way? He didn't say, woe to you, hypocrites, scribes and Pharisees, don't pay a tithe, just do these things. He's saying, you do these and you do these. You do all of it. That's the full character of what I'm calling you to do. So instead of asking, I believe this, instead of asking how much is required, Christians are to ask, how much can I give? Tithing in the Old Testament established rules for proportionate giving. Today, anybody dedicated to Christ should be able to offer an appropriate portion of their wealth or their income, a tithe, to support the ongoing operations of the church and other ministries that are doing good things with money and with finances. Amen? I believe that that's important and something that we should do. Now, let's turn over to 2 Corinthians. Y'all still with me? Y'all still like me right now. I'm not sure. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 5 through 10. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort you, the brethren, to go ahead of time and prepare your, somebody say generous, generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be, re- that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. So, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will do what? Reap sparingly. He who soaps, soaps, sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart or she purposes in her heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful, or that word, Greek word is hilarious, giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you have always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown. From this scripture, I want to point this out, and this is what I believe that the tithe is for today. 
I believe that the tithe, I think based off the scripture we have read this morning, and that's why I gave you a lot of scripture, based on the scriptures we read this morning, I believe that the tithe is the baseline of generous giving that we should sow. The tithe, the tenth of all your increase, is the baseline of generous giving that we should sow. That's why it says, therefore I thought it necessary to exhort you, the brethren, to go ahead of time and prepare your generous gifts beforehand, which you had previously promised, and that it may be a matter of generosity, not grudging obligation. So that means this, we no longer give out of a law mindset, okay? We're not giving out of the law mindset, but rather in the same heart that a generous God gave everything to us. Scripture says your treasure, your treasure is where? Where your heart is. If your heart is with God and he is your treasure and not your money, it should be easy to bring forth a generous offering. When that becomes your revelation, you no longer just give 10% of your increase begrudgingly or out of necessity. Now, what do I mean out of necessity? We're not giving, or someone say this, we're not giving trying to escape curses that are talked about in Malachi. That is not why I'm giving. Is it a benefit of giving? Yes. Just like God being my provider is a benefit for giving. But really where your revelation should be in the area of tithes and offerings is that I cheerfully get to bring an offering of worship, which is in the area of my money even. I get to worship God with the first fruits of all my increase. This is an honor that I get to do this. And I believe that's why it says bring forth a generous gift. And it says don't give give sparing. I mean, don't give um, begrudgingly or out of necessity, but rather give out of what you've purposed in your heart. Because this, listen, you can now give out of a cheerful heart knowing that you can trust fully in a God who gave all and provides all. If my heart is being changed into God's heart, I know that it is his heart to give everything because he's already done it. So I should have a heart to give something. If he'll give everything, I should have a heart to at least give something. Without the requirement, understand the way I say this, of getting anything back. Yes, once again, it is a benefit of giving, but that should not be the, even the influence of giving in the tithes and offerings is what can I get? It's, Lord, I want to give this to you because this belongs to you. I worship you with this. It's not law-motivated giving anymore or fear-motivated giving. It is love and grace, motiv- motivation and decision. It's a personal decision, but the word also shows us that based on our decision, it will directly correlate with the return. Coming to a close, y'all stay with me. So that means this, giving is truly an exercise in our trust in the infinite supply of God. It's often easy to give God time. It's often easy to give God talents. It's also easy to give God our attention, but sometimes it can be difficult to give God our finances. But I tell you, it's 100% worth it. It's 100% worth it. In Mark's gospel, chapter 12, you find this account and this is the account that Andy Moen's been waiting on me to talk about. <laughs> you see that you find this account where Jesus is there and many people are coming in and throwing in large amounts of money. But there's a poor widow that shows up and puts in two very small copper coins. And the scripture says that they're worth only a few cents. So you have these people that are walking up throwing in stacks, you know, and then this widow comes in and gives the two copper coins and Jesus says this about this woman and the reason I want to give you this story is because I want I want you to understand that it's not all about the amount you give it's about the heart you give with 
because the heart that you give with will, understand the way I say this, it'll affect the amount you give. Understand this, and I'll show you in a second. Jesus says this, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. I imagine at this time, the disciples are scratching their heads going, but Jesus, <laughs> she gave two coins that are worth a few cents. And they're going, what in the world, Jesus? You don't, did you get bad sleep last night? Did you eat some bad pizza? Did you have the wrong plant in the field that got you a little, you know, Jesus, what's going on, man? You are off today because that is clearly not as much. But Jesus says this, they all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all that she had to live on. Jesus observed the poor widow giving two small coins as an offering at the temple, and he praised her for her generosity as she gave all that she had. Say it like this. If LeBron James walked in this room right now, and he said, Pastor, I want to give an offering. And the man said, I want to give $100,000. Well, that would be a very generous offering, and we would gladly take it, okay? God bless you, LeBron. I don't like you, and you flop, but thank you. <laughs> Michael Jordan's better. Get over it. <laughs> if he came in and gave that, we'd be like, oh my goodness, wow. And we would all be in amazement, right? And then next thing we know, Tom Brady walks in. And he's like, TB12, you know, I just signed that new contract. I want to give $100,000. Once again, we'd freak out and be amazing. And then Elon Musk walks in. He's like, I want to give $100,000. And then, believe it or not, I actually researched this because I wanted a female to throw in here. Reese Witherspoon is actually the most uh, wealthy actress in Hollywood. I didn't know this. But if Reese Witherspoon walked in and gave $100,000, we're like, okay. And then Patty Mahomes walks in with his new contract. He's like, $100,000. We'd be freaking out and we'd be like, oh my goodness. And oftentimes, this is what happens with us in our own mind. Because I think about this, we, we look at and read this story from Jesus' perspective and the disciples' perspective. And sometimes we get like this. My $5 that I'm going to give is nothing in comparison to the hundreds of dollars that other people are giving. So why even give it? That could have been the widow's perspective of, I've only got a couple coins that are worth two cents. And these people are giving large amounts. Why would I? Why would I give? But listen to me. Generous giving isn't about giving more than your neighbor. It's about giving out of the abundance of your heart. Don't get into giving battles with your neighbor and think that you aren't, what you have isn't worth enough and what you, you know, what you have with you isn't going to be enough or so on and so forth. Give what God has placed on your heart and out of the abundance of your heart, give. Be faithful with what you have and God sees that. God honors that. God blesses that. We have other stories we could talk about, but I'm going to give you, and I know y'all about to all go, oh Lord, for real? Yes, for real. I promise you this is going to be super fast, okay? Six benefits of faithful giving. Get ready to write because we're going fast. Number one is this. When you're a faithful giver, you are acting in the character of God when you give. Or we can say it like this. You look like God when you give. Not just talking about money. When you give, period, in your life, of your resources, times, abilities, giftings, talents, all these things. 
you look like God in those moments. When you serve others, you look like God in those moments. But you look like God when you give. Giving has a way of transforming your life and heart. Number two, giving draws you closer to God. Scripture, once again, says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So you're saying money is not my master. God, you are. So it draws you closer to God. It gives you a greater relationship. Number three, it helps rid you of a materialism mindset. Giving helps rid you of a materialism mindset. I'll give you a scripture for that. You can write the text down. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19 says this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to be generous and willing to share. And this way they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Okay, so helps you get rid of that materialism mindset whenever you're faithful to give. Number four, giving will make your faith stronger. Everybody wants strong faith. Nobody wants to do anything to strengthen it. Whenever we want to strengthen our faith, that means that God's going to call you to do some things that you actually have to believe in faith for things. Proverbs 3 says this, trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding, okay? Stay there for a second because whenever you just jump a few verses down, it says this, the verse 9, all in the same thought, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Verse 9, honor the Lord by giving the first part of your income for he will fill your barns to overflowing, okay? So it's gonna, you're going to have to give sometimes in faith. Not knowing when the harvest is coming, but knowing that he's calling you to give and be faithful. Number five, giving opens the avenue for blessings. I'll give you three scriptures real fast. Proverbs 22, 9. A generous man himself will be blessed. Proverbs eleven twenty five, A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Psalm 112 and 5. Good will come to him who is generous. I got two more. Because I actually said six, but it's actually seven. Because I added one this morning. Number six, giving can make us happy. Acts 20, 35. There is more happiness in giving than in receiving. Whenever you're faithful to give, it will make you happy. I don't know about you. I am a gift giver. Anybody else a gift giver, love language-wise? I love to give gifts. Anybody else in here can't keep a secret to save their life when it comes to a gift? Yeah, you got to give it to them. Like, as soon as it comes in the mail, it's got to be in their hands. Like, that's just the way it is. Can't hide anything. Uh, Christmas is hard at my house because i got to hide everything. And I'm like, I want to give it to the kids right now. I know they'll love it. I want, same thing with uh, Pastor Chuck. I'm like, here, babe, I bought this for you. Here, I bought this for you. And there's something about giving that, for me, makes my heart very happy to see that somebody else enjoys and is thankful for what they got through, some, through a provision that God gave me to give to others. So giving can really, if you really let giving be a motivation in your heart, it can be something that brings happiness and joy into your heart as well. Last thing, number seven, giving creates provision and opportunity to bless others. I don't have that one on the screen because I just got that one this morning. Giving creates provision and opportunity to bless others. Give you a scripture. Again, let's come back to this and go full circle to the title of this message. Silly rabbit, seeds it for sowers. 2 Corinthians 9 and 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown. Who gets seed? The sower. He provides seed to the sower. So the one who gives gets more seed. Jesus takes the five loaves and two fishes and does what? He creates provision and more than enough. When you, see, when you go read that story, when the young boy brings the five loaves and two fishes, it says, here, 
This is what I got. I bring it to you. It says that Jesus then breaks, takes it, blesses it, breaks it, multiplies it, gives it out. And actually says in that scripture that there's even leftovers. Don't tell me that God is not a God that desires to bless in an abundant way. An overflow kind of blessing. I'm not saying... I'm not saying a greedy kind of blessing, but I'm saying that God desires to bless you in a way that you have more than enough and provision for more than enough. The widow, Azarephith, what she do? She gives what's left in her jar, the oil and the flour that's left for Elijah, makes a little cake, says here. And what happens? She gets provision in return, more than enough. It never runs dry is what the scripture talks about. So she lives literally in the supply of the Lord and the more than enough of God as she's faithful to give what she has. We could go story by story by story by story in the text that talks about people giving and then receiving a blessing. In Psalm 37, 25, I'm in with the scripture. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. Listen to me. I believe that whenever you are righteous, whenever you walk, walk in righteousness, whenever you uh, look over your finances, you steward them properly, whenever you're faithful to give, I believe that God will bless you in an abundant measure. That's not just something we say because it's pastor talk. This is something that we believe here at High Praise. We believe in giving. And you know what? I'm, I don't say this this morning. Let me just balance it with this just for a minute. I don't say all this this morning to say, oh man, generosity is easy. It's easy just to give money. It's easy just to give them the tithes and offerings. It's easy just to, to bless people around you. Can I be real honest with you? It's hard sometimes. Whenever the things started breaking in our home, and i be honest with you, I was telling Pastor Chelsea, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't give because we got to fix our, our air conditioning. You know, We got we to take care of our stuff. We have to do this. But we continued on. It's not always easy to be faithful in that area, but let me tell you again, it is 100% worth it because God will provide all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I believe that. Do you believe that this morning? If you will, will you stand up to your feet this morning? Amen. We're going to pray over our offering this. I mean, pray over our, <laughs> we're going to pray. Our kids are coming in. I got distracted for a moment. We're going to pray over this though, over this message. And Lord, we're going to ask the Lord to help us you need, you need Holy Spirit help to become a generous person. You need Holy Spirit help. Let me, t- let me tell you a real cool testimony real quickly before we pray. Last week after service, we were on our way out of town, and we needed to grab a quick bite to eat at McDonald's. And I got in the drive-thru, and I said, I hadn't told anybody. I didn't say it out loud. But I had already decided in my heart, I said, I'm going to pay for the person behind me. This is the cool thing about God. God saw out of the abundance of my heart what I was about to give. This is what God does. Now, I'm not saying it's always going to happen, so don't. <laughs> Y'all going to go to McDonald's after this? Like, well, it didn't work for me. I'm not doing it next week. Okay? But the person in front of us decided they were going to leave a $20 bill at the counter area or the, the drive through pay area for us to help pay for some of our meal. Didn't know the lady. She didn't know anything about what I was about to do and the generosity that I was about to show towards the car behind me. The car behind me, their food was actually less than that. But I I say that to say this, God saw out of the abundance of my heart, the the generous giving I was about to do. And before I could even do it, because I had already decided in my heart that I was going to do it, there was no shaking me, I was going to do this. God went ahead and prepared blessing 
for me in my future. Can I tell you that? I believe that's the way that God works. Whenever you're faithful with what God places into your hand, God provides, God finds ways to bring blessing into your life. God will do it. He will open up the windows of heaven, pour our blessings upon you. You don't have room enough to contain it, receive it. Will you lift your hands? We're going to pray together, church. Father, I thank you for this word today. Holy Spirit, I ask that you help us become generous people. God, you're the God that gave everything. So Lord, let us be people who will give something to you. Lord, let us give back into the kingdom of God. Let us sow seed, Father, so that we can see the harvest of what you have. Lord, we know the law of sowing and reaping. And Lord, we just want to be faithful in the sowing. And faithful in the time even, when we're in the season of time. Let us be people that don't throw in the towel or grow weary and well-doing. But Lord, let us be people, people that continue to sow so that we will see an abundant harvest in our life. Lord, I right now, I come against every mindset of poverty right now in the name of Jesus. And I break it off of your people right now in Jesus' name. Any mindset right now, Lord, that's been, uh, I just sense even as we've been ministering and we're praying right now, I sense there's some of you that you've had this mindset where you'll never walk into the provision and the wealth of the Lord that, that God has already begun to establish and create for you. There's some of you that you felt like you've been in that seed in that time season for a long time and you're wondering if it's ever going to happen, if the harvest is ever going to come. And some of you have even been talking your way out of the harvest and you've been talking your way out of the Lord ever providing for you. But right now we come against the lie of the enemy now, the accuser of the brethren, the one that's been in the ear lying. We say silence now in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that your word clearly articulates, it clearly says that you desire to bless us, that you desire to provide for us. So Lord, we believe that today. We stand firm in faith knowing that you are a faithful God and you'll do everything that you said you'll do in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, will you give God a hand clap of praise? Amen this morning. Amen.